You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It is Monday, episode 91. I'm here with my uh, co-host, Christina Dennis. How you doing, Christina? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you doing, Damon Frank? I am doing really, really well. It's Monday, if you can believe it. We're, we're here yes. on a Monday. Yes. Uh, you know, Mondays are fun days for us because we get to start anew, another week in recovery. And I'm a little blown away that it's already uh, March 28th, 2022. Though, I have to tell you. <laughs> it didn't go, go too fast for you. It did go a little, it did go a little fast for me. It actually well, did, did, yes. Did you have a lovely weekend? I did have a really great weekend. I did. I was looking forward to the show today because we always talk about interesting things here on the Recovered Life Show. And uh, you picked a topic actually this week. You mm -hmm. you had this uh, article that you found from 2017, actually. It's a little uh, flashback article here uh, from Good Therapy. So we're going to dive into that. It's all about anger. So hold tight. It's going to be a really good episode. Well, before we start doing that, I want to let everybody know that this episode is being brought to you by Recover Life contributors and people like you. One way to support us is to like, share, follow, and leave a comment so we keep bringing content that you will enjoy. Also, visit info.recoveredlife.us. That's info.recoveredlife.us. You can make a donation and you can join the network. Look to see yes, you thank there. you so much, Christina. Thanks for mentioning that. You know, guys, help us help others here because uh, the more content that we could put out, the more it helps people, the more people can live their best recovered lives. Now, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, Christina, I love the what you picked out today, the topic of what you picked out, because I think it's not discussed a lot mm -mm. in the recovery community. It's always discussed in a negative sense. Always. always discussing it always. And it's anger. The it and we're going to talk about the value of anger. So do you want to set up a little bit about this article that was from Moshi Ratson? Uh, sure. Who looks like was a good therapy contributor. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's exactly what you just said, Damon. We often look at anger as negative. People are afraid to be angry. People are thinking that it's always, always the worst thing that you can get, but it's impossible not to have it. And there is value in anger. There's, uh, you know, the article has 16 really amazing points. And I want it to become more commonplace that we talk about these feelings. I think women really shut down when it comes to anger. And sometimes men might shut it down or they might not understand that it's actually benefiting them sometimes. Wait, so you're saying that you're saying that men are more angry than women right there, Christina. So nope. I know there's a bunch of guys listening and they're going, <laughs> no, that's not true. That's right. No, I'm saying you're angry. <laughs> nope, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's sometimes more socially acceptable for a man to get angry, whereas we women are told from an early age, don't be angry. Don't be angry. I, you know what? Be I, nice. I agree with you totally on that. You know. Uh, you know, having uh, grown up uh, with a mom and a sister and then having, you know, a wife and a daughter, I could see you're absolutely right. The social mm -hmm. acceptance of women getting angry, it's like, ooh, there's all of a sudden there's something wrong with them. Absolutely. Whereas a guy, you know, I think, look, even guys, people will, if you go over the top, people go, why are they so angry? You know, but it's, it's, it's interesting because guys don't have that stigma as much. I will definitely give you that. 
Yes, and we all need to be angry sometimes. Things happen in this world that are going to anger us. And so I love the way they broke, down, broke it down and they gave some real benefits to it. Now, justified anger or going beyond that anger, that's between you. But I can tell you, I've heard a, you and your sponsor or you and your coach or counselor, but I've heard enough people with inventories where anger was listed on every character defect. And sometimes in some of those cases, the appropriate emotional response was anger. Yeah. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, is that you hear so much about in the recovery, don't be angry because you're going to, it's going to cause a resentment and right. then you're going to relapse. And it, any kind of anger is wrong. You should have acceptance for everything. And <laughs> I, I, I've never, that's never really run true for me, to be honest. No. See, I believe unexpressed and unexamined anger is where we get into trouble because then we do allow it to fester. When we don't actually pull back and look and see why are we angry, maybe there's some things that need to be adjusted. And I, I love this article because it really talks about, you know, why anger needs not to be unexpressed and not shoved down because there's a lot of things that we need to get angry about. Well, let's, you know, let's dive into this a little bit. Let's dive into the article. And for those of you uh, that are listening on the podcast, I am going to be showing it on the screen for everybody who's watching this live and any of the replays on any of the video platforms or social platforms. So we'll actually announce each bullet point here so you can kind of follow along about what we're talking about, because this is kind of an expansive article, but we thought... Christina and I thought, you know what, this is worth discussing, even mm -hmm. though it's going to take a little bit more time to kind of dive into this because it's so misunderstood. So let's get into the first one here. Uh, the first point that they said, Christina, is that anger is designed to promote survival. Can you can you explain that? Absolutely. Well, what it does is our flight response which involved so that we can defend ourselves, it starts it. And it always stems from anger. Isn't that interesting? Because we think fight or even flight is not necessarily attached to anger. Like you can easily say fight is attached to it, but actually in order for us to survive something that is happening, this is what starts it, anger. And when you look at it that way, you don't have to be uh, afraid of the fact that you got angry or ashamed of the fact that you got angry. It actually helps us sharpen our focus uh, on threats. And when we are threatened or attacked by a predator, anger is automatically activated and pushes us fight back and act quickly and forcefully protect ourselves. Really? So really? So if you if your go to is angry now, I am going to stereotype people here for a second. I think I know a lot of men that their go-to is anger. They immediately go to anger. And I know that we hear in the, we hear through 12 step groups and we hear through therapy and we hear slow down. Don't just mm -hmm. go into anger, control your emotions or whatever. But what this article is really saying is it's kind of an autopilot. You're automatically going to feel angry when you're in danger. Yes, yes, it, it happens without you even realizing it. So being able to not push it away allows you to actually focus on what the attack is about. You know, we have brains that are very old, um, not just you and me, Damon. <laughs> the actual brain is old, but it, it, and it sometimes uh, forgets that it's not a saber-toothed tiger that's coming at us, but uh, becoming acceptable becoming in acceptance, excuse me, that you're going to have anger and, and observing it does not have to be automatically push it down. We can say, oh, what am I, what am I in fear of? Is it real or is it not real? 
Well, I think one of the things, one of the misunderstood things is about feelings and facts, which we talked about, I think it was on Friday's <laughs> show. You know, one of the one of the things that is misunderstood is that you're not supposed to have feelings. You're not supposed to pay attention to your feelings in recovery. That is absolutely not true. And I mm-hmm. think the thing to to understand is, yes, I'm feeling anger, but do I have to? Yes, I know it's a survival mechanism, but do I have to lash out right away, or can I put a pause on that for a second? Look at what's actually going on. If it's just a response, then I can then I could make appropriate adjustments. Right. Right, exactly. Then you can recognize, is this a real threat? Is it immediate? You know, do I have to act on it? But knowing that you're going to get angry versus disassociating is much more healthy, much more healthy to watch. Love that. Okay, so number two here, which is good, is anger's discharge is calming. Isn't that really interesting? Like, to who? To the people around you? I don't think so. They well, go into fight or flight. Their nervous systems are all messed up. But is it is it really common? It is. It is because your body is always going after homeostasis. It means that that first brush of anger, you're going to, so it dispenses it through your body versus just keeping it maybe in your alarm system, maybe in your head, wherever it is. It actually dispenses it all over your body. I mean, it is a reaction. So it will wake you up, but it will also calm you down. So it's very interesting to think of it that way, because let's say you're in an uncertain amount of danger or things are uncertain to you. You don't want to stay in anxiety. You want to be able to move through to anger and then allow anger to wake up your body so that you can eventually calm down. It needs to be, you know, a cycle. And a lot of times before, as we start going there, we shove down the anger immediately. Don't show, don't show. And we become dishonest. And so then it's just stuck, unexpressed. And that is not good for anyone. That is where well, you, you start worrying about the body and the disease in it. And you know what? You you see this a lot in recovery. And I think especially in early recovery, and I'm going to say about a month or two into it, when people get to about 60 days, they realize it's like, all right, this is inappropriate. They're telling me that I can't be angry all the time, but I'm having this feeling, this discharge of anger. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to internalize it and I'm going to pretend that I'm not angry. And then of course, anybody who's a good coach or sponsor or you know, a rehab facility or detox, they're going to say, Hey, look, you look at you, you're coming across as angry. No, no, I'm not angry. You know what I mean? But then it's hurt. It's just stewing in there and it's going to get to a point where it's going to hurt you. So true, Damon, because unexpressed doesn't allow us to heal it. It doesn't allow us to finish the cycle and see where it's coming from. All of our feelings can give us clues. And we've said this many times on this show. But, you know, the anger is usually a precursor to what the real feeling is, which is fear. And so allowing the cycle to go through and then figure out what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of losing or what are you mad about not getting? And that really helps us with our wants and our needs and being able to express them and have honest relationships. It is impossible to not be angry when we're living on this planet. So if somebody says, I'm not an angry person or I don't ever get angry, I realize they have no uh, introspection. They're not really attached to their feelings. So we have to understand that because we'll feel calm after we'll live through it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I, I think it's the acting out of that again, that we're, we're really, I think that's the big takeaway too. It's like, absolutely. how do you, how, how do you, 
How are you acting out on your anger or do you feel the anger? That's one thing. And then do you act out on it? But I, I have to tell you, number three kind of blew my mind because I was like, this is, I honestly, I read this, Christine. I was like going, what? Like right. anger provides a sense of control is number three. And I was like, I don't, I don't I'll get that. Me. But then I thought about it. Now I kind of do get it. It's yes, something it gives you can do. Right. And it gives your body the next three steps, you know, and maybe that's actually doing the investigation, but you don't want to be stuck in freeze mode, right? That's what, that's where childhood trauma states. We're in freeze mode. You want to be able to move forward and the restraint of pen and tongue does not say don't have the feeling, but I think that a lot of us think that, and I'm so glad that you brought up Feeling angry doesn't mean that you have to take angry action. It means that you're feeling it. You should stop and see what goes next. That is your body's warning system to tell you, pay attention. You've got to take care of us, dude. You're not helping or you're not really aware of what's happening around you. So it does provide us a sense of control so that we can either take an investigation, uh, stand up for ourselves, right or wrong. There are many things that we do and anger is what your body allows you to get to to deal with a confrontation. Yeah, and I do. I, number four here, which is kind of dovetails right into this, is anger energizes us. And this is Agreed. the one where I see if you don't have clear thinking, this is a this is one way with people in recovery that anger does not help them. No. Because if it energizes you to take bad actions, uh, that's relapse. Absolutely. And and that's that slippery slope, right? To get into that place. But anger does allow us to have some kind of feeling of power. And we start to understand that something's not right and that we need to do it. Um, I deal with a lot of intervention families and betrayed spouses. And when I'm working with somebody who says she's not angry, she's just sad, I realize that she's really feeling very powerless. And even though I am powerless over drugs and alcohol once I ingest them, I am not powerless over my behavior. I'm not powerless over what I can direct my thinking to do. And so we always have to make sure that we bring ourselves down to anger and accept that part of us. Otherwise, you're always going to be at war with yourself. You don't want to be an angry person because it means this, this, and this. What I like about having conversations and this article is that anger means you're human. That's it. It does not make yes. you a bad person. It means that you're just a human person. And so having the energy from anger will allow us to go a little deeper. And this is where your recovery tools really kick in. This is right. if you're in a 12 step, you're in therapy, you're in workshops, you have coaches. This is really where it takes in, okay, what are you going to do with that anger? Right. And then this dovetails into number five. These are so great how how they they line these out in this good therapy article. And it is it is really anger motivates us to solve problems. And Absolutely. that is true. I think it is a huge motivator. Don't you think? Because if you don't get angry, let's say you are one of those people that says, oh, I just accept everything that's happening to me and I accept you know, my mistakes and I accept this. I mean, that's not what acceptance is necessarily about. We need to have something to motivate us to move forward. You know, we need to get angry about being sick and tired. We need to get angry about relationships that are still, you know, codependency is rampant. We need to be motivated. And anger is a great motivator for us to change the situation. Maybe it's the motivator that we change a behavior that we've been experiencing that continues to cause us pain. You know, it does not necessarily mean that you need to, you know, take up weapons and go after somebody. It's quite the opposite. It's actually taking some time and looking at 
Why do I feel angry? Does this tell me that there's something in my past that this is triggering? Or is the situation needing communication? And I think that not many of us go running into a conflict. You know, of course, there are certain people out there that are, you know, uh, magnetized to conflict, but many of us want to avoid it. And that does not allow us to have real relationships. Well, number six, uh, you know, number six really rang true with me, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now, is that anger makes us aware of injustice. So it's not just that it motivates us to solve the problem, but it makes us aware of injustice. And injustice is, you know, look, there's a lot of injustice in the world right now. You know, you flip mm -hmm. on the news and you know that like people who don't deserve it are getting hurt. And right. that outrages me. And I know it outrages a lot of people. So the thing is, is that it does, it's like, okay, well, what can I do? And this right. is the great thing about recovery. I think this is the big spiritual awakening that a lot of people have an early recovery. It's like, look, I, can, I can't control this. I can't control that there's going to be injustices in the world. But what can I control? What can I do? Right. Whatever Where can I take? Absolutely. And I love the way that they put this in there. Anger serves as an internal guidance system that indicates something is not quite right. So obviously, as you said, we have so much going on in the world and we don't want to be apathetic to it. We also don't want to spend our whole day being angry about it, but not being afraid of anger, recognizing that we have points, we have views. And like you said, we can do something about what's happening in our life and in our world to contribute to a solution. We can do all kinds of things that actually bring joy and love into this world. Yes, we absolutely can. And, you know, and I and I, I love this because when I read this, I was like, you know what? It does. It makes me aware that something's not quite right. Now, number seven on the list, which I thought was great, is anger drives us towards our goals. Now, uh, explain this a little bit, Christina, because at first I had to read this twice. I was like, okay, doesn't it delay me? Doesn't it distract me from my goals? But it doesn't. It kind of no. rack focuses in what's important to me. It absolutely does. It reorients us, right? Anger can be a warning signal that we've moved away from what we want to do. You know, whether you're angry at yourself or you're angry because you're in the same situation, you've contributed to the stalling out. It does seem like it would distract us, but we can bridle it and we can write it into action again. You know, getting angry with yourself or getting angry at a situation can motivate us, but, you know, we need to be able to embrace it and we need to be okay with the fact that we're feeling it. And then we can double down on where we want to go and what we want to do. Yes. Yes. And I think, um, I, I think the, you know, we talk about this a lot and this is really a good time to actually mention our clubhouse rooms too, guys. Yeah. If you're listening to this, I'd like to just take a little break here in our anger conversation to discuss the clubhouse rooms because we have every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we have recovered life discussions where we not only do the show about anger, we'll go in and have a discussion about it where we hear from you. So guys, if you're not joining us there, go to clubhouse and just type in the recovered life. You can follow the room and you'll be notified when a new room starts. But every 9 a.m., Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Christina and I are online on Clubhouse having a recovered life discussion about topics just like this. 
So true. And we are willing to have the conversation that maybe doesn't show up in your support group, or it's a dirty little secret that you are an angry person. I remember when I first was uh, had a personality test in my outpatient program, and it said that I was angry. And I remember I was saying it to a good friend, hmm, this says I'm angry. Can you believe that? And their face was like, I just, they couldn't respond. They couldn't right. believe that I couldn't see my anger. And so when you look at it that way, you know, we are all feeling these emotions. And so let's keep talking about them in those recovered life discussions. Look, you know, I think anger also goes with acceptance too, because mm -hmm. you could be, you know, my, my personal experience is, is I heard something great from somebody and I'd love to take credit for this, but it wasn't me. And I can't remember who told me this, but it says that a problem without a solution is called a fact. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> this is the thing. It's like, this goes hand in hand because I could be anger. I could be angry. And there's a lot of injustices that I could be angry about. Like it should be this way. It should be that way. Or that's not fair. Or I don't like how oh, that true. happened. But then as you kind of mature in your recovery and you become more emotionally recovered, right? Become a more emotionally, you start to, everything kind of starts to settle in and you start to work on yourself. You start to realize it's like, yeah, I'm angry about that, but I don't have any power in that situation. I have lack of power in that issue. And I need to accept the fact that I can't do this. Right. Right. Because right. I think- with guys, I'm going to tell you the one thing, the, the one thing uh, that's negative about guys in anger, a lot of time guys view anger as also as violence. So right. like, you know, if you grew up kind of like I did, where fighting was how you solve things, you know, on wow. the playground, you fought, you didn't have a discussion about it, right? right? You fought them. And that was the solution right there. You either won or you lost, right? So, wow. so I think a lot of it is too, with, with men, they're like going, you know what, that it, that's, if I'm angry, that means that I have to, that, that I have to fight against something, but it so doesn't true. through recovery. You learn that that's not the case. You don't have to do that. No, you don't. You can have a discussion. You can figure out what part is yours. You can do all kinds of things, but the idea that we can shortcut it without having the discussion is where we get into trouble. We have to be able to open up about the fact that we have angry angry we have anger <laughs> we have angry we are angry right now yes. <laughs> we're angrier now, number number eight i call a little bs my bs meter went on anger injects optimism uh can you explain this to me because i uh, sure i read that and i was like i don't get that at all yeah it says surprisingly anger can trigger optimism just like you're saying it can encourage us to focus on what we hope to achieve rather than merely focusing on the pain insult or victimization so it is what we're talking about where you move through, you know, you do through the calm, you're good and angry, you're motivated, you are, you know, not happy about this uh, injustice. What is the solution? So if we don't recognize that there's something that makes us angry or we say, oh, no, anger is not good. I'm going to shove it down. I'm not going to talk about it. We won't ever get to the solution. And so it can create a little bit of optimism after. If you think about anything that you've overcome, the, the anger is what motivated you. And, you know, underneath that, you can say it's fear, but it's the anger that motivated you to move forward and to get to a solution. And I okay. can see that in times where I was so full of anger or so full of fear, and I, you know, decided to go ahead and express it to somebody. Remember, unexpressed, unexamined feelings are the problem. Then 
they would we would come to a solution you know especially if i was willing to share it with another person that maybe was part of the reason why i was getting angry you know they they could simply say i don't oh i didn't know that made you angry oh i i had no idea the solution is easy and that can bring a lot of optimism okay christina dennis this is why you're a good coach because i now <laughs> kind of get it i now i now understand no i was just thinking of it in a sports thing it's like okay well you lost the sporting event Right. right. Maybe you lost really bad. And now you're saying, okay, well, next time I'm going to crush them. Right. Next time you get angry about it. Maybe you didn't perform right. your best or you didn't get that promotion because you didn't do the work or you didn't get, you know, that relationship didn't work out because you weren't at your best. Right. Right. And you're like, oh, I could have. And it's just like, I am angry about it, but next time I can do it. So I do kind of see yeah. how anger could fuel optimism. I'd love, though, I'd have to say, Christina, I'd love to be optimistic without having anger, though. I, and I think that's also possible. Yes, all of us would like to skip the hard stuff before we move to the new stuff, but it's actually the hard stuff that motivates us to get to that solution. Now, I, anger, I, I agree. There you go. Now, anger protects our values and beliefs. This is pretty straightforward. Um, it allows us to really look into what are our values and our beliefs. And perhaps there's been something that is, you know, kind of on the fence. You're on the fence. It makes you mad, but you're not super angry at it. Anger can push us over to say, no, that's enough. And I love talking about setting healthy boundaries. And very few people would put angry and, and healthy boundaries in the same sentence. But I do believe that this allows us to really look at what our values are and our beliefs, and it allows us to protect them with somebody. Now, now we're getting real. Because yeah. let me, let me, let me tell you this. When I read this, you know what came to mind? When I was in early recovery, I would say the first, well, I would say actually the first 10 years. And then as I started working with other people, either through coaching or through just 12 step groups, what I found was, is that when people weren't getting it or when they were relapsing, I got angry. Mm -hmm. Now I didn't show that anger because, you know, I'm not going to do that. I had enough control to just say like, let me look at this, but I found myself delayed anger. Like right. I talked to them, it's like, okay, well, what can we do? It's like, all right, maybe you shouldn't hang around those people, or maybe you have to, maybe you can't work in this job anymore. Maybe you can't be around. Maybe you need a new roommate situation because these people use a lot, right? We get to the solution, right? But I would find myself later being angry. It's like, that didn't need to happen. Like that, that's, that's BS. Like I, you know, and what I found was my values and beliefs weren't right around this. And, and I, mm. and I realized very early on, and I'm sure you've had this as a coach yes. too. It's like, you realize it's just like, Hey, th their sobriety is not your sobriety. Right. And, uh, you don't have any control over what they do. You're just a guide. God mm -hmm. has a lot to do with it. Right. And in my opinion, and the thing is, is that we don't, I needed to change my values and beliefs around that. Uh, who says that maybe something that I said to them at year one, and then they relapse 20 times a year for five years at that fifth year. And I've had this happen at that fifth year. This person is like, oh, I get that. And I right. get a call to say, hey, you told me this and it worked for me. And now, you know, I have 10 years of sobriety, 15 years of sobriety. So, so I totally see about how this values and beliefs it really, it does. It, 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 you have to, you have to ask yourself is like, why am I protecting that so much? So fiercely. Right. 
Right, right. And, it, you know, the reverse can happen where you finally realize, oh, you know what, this is definitely going against what I believe. And I need to step away from this codependent relationship because, you know, I'm not able to protect my values or they don't respect that I have values and beliefs. And, you know, for for instance, you know, sometimes I will end up working with a client. The first time, you know, it happened to me. Here I am they're, you know, they're essentially my client. I had to stop and say, I can't work anymore with you if this is the way you choose to keep speaking. And that was incredibly hard, but I was angry about the use of a word and I was not going to be able to tolerate it. So it did allow me to have enough courage to protect my values and my belief systems and not be party to that anymore. Well, this is, a, I, I do believe that this is a prepper for mm -hmm. setting boundaries is to look, it's like, why am I so angry about this? So true. And you know, for me, I don't know. And I, I took a poll on recovered life. We often do polls and we talked about what about delayed uh, anger? And, you know, many people don't feel trauma or anger when it happens. You yep. feel it later. I'm somebody who feels it later. I'm somebody who I'm fine in the moment, but later on that night or the next day or three days later, I'm like pissed for no reason. Right. Well, following it to its source is always the first answer. Accepting your feelings, accepting your anger is part of being human and following it to its source. And here's the thing. Even if you figure out you're angry two days later, you still need to express it. You still need to, you know, first examine it and then express it. And a lot of people say, well, I didn't say anything at that moment. No, you can visit and you can, you know, go back to the situation and say that actually made me uncomfortable or that actually made me really angry. I, you know, I'm going to sit there and this is going right into number 10, being a bargaining tool. This is where anger can motivate us long enough to develop better communication with people and have a little bit of, you know, bargaining. You're going to come up with a solution together. You know, my way doesn't necessarily have to be 100% right. Your way doesn't have to be 100% right. But somewhere there is a third way that works for both of us. And anger drives us to respond to conflict in a way that it helps us bargain for our advantage. So, mm. you know, that can feel a little icky if we're afraid, you know, that somehow we don't have the worthiness to have an advantage. But I think that if you look at it this way, which is, um, I am worthy of speaking up for myself. I am worthy of setting a tone. Anger can motivate you to get to there. Most well, of I us. think what it really does is too is is that it promotes communication. And when you when I see the word bargaining, I think that that is you know a lot of people have a negative absolutely connotation with that because of sales. They think about sales, but like look, the world is sales to a certain degree. You're having to communicate what you want and need and feel, and somebody else is communicating that, and you're somehow reaching in the middle of there. Right? It's a compromise. No one's getting exactly what they want sometimes. But I like this because it is a bargaining tool because it can, it really promotes communication in recovery. Yes. And it keeps us motivated to go ahead and push through, especially if we can't let something go. You know, if, if you are able to, you've worked it out, you've written it out, you may not be able to let it go. And this is what's going to motivate us to talk about it. And that's going to come to number 11. Exactly. I loved how they stack these. Anger increases cooperation. So when you think about if an anger is justified and the response is appropriate, usually the misunderstanding is corrected leading to increased cooperation. And that is exactly what I shared about uh, when I was talking about the client who used a certain word. 
eventually it allows us to have a more intimate, deeper relationship. And it allows for something to happen, that third option, which increases all kinds of uh, cooperation. You know, it benefits both parties and you come up with the third solution. Yeah, and it comes into number 12 here, which is anger improves negotiating positions. Um, I, at first, when I looked at this and I said, well, what side? The person who's angry or the person who's not angry? And I would think that uh, anger would decrease your negotiating position. But what does this article say about that? It says anger may lead to better outcomes in business negotiations. While two parties negotiate, the negotiator who seems angrier may be in a better position to tilt the agreement in their favor. <laughs> it's very similar to what you just said. However, this the word that it's missing is that compromise, that yeah. compromise. Yeah. And sometimes the person who's angrier uh, benefits because they're leading. Sometimes it's a justified anger. It is a problem. And that person needs to have the anger, anger to speak up. So absolutely, is it still, it still can be used for good, I guess, is the way. Well, I'd like you to know, say it's it. funny. I have a lot of, a lot of experiences, you know, Christina in negotiation and, I know. you know, through, through business. And I, I find it actually, it's what we called manufactured outrage mm. where we would find something, you know, like a lot of times in business, people to get a better position, they'll manufacture outrage that they're so outraged about what's going mm -hmm. on or this situation or this payment schedule or this thing they'll manufacture outrage to elicit a response you know right so i think you have to be really uh careful, careful about this with your personal relationships because i think it's very manipulative a lot of the times too if you're manufacturing some sort of anger to negotiate a better position i think you're better off especially in recovery and in communication with your family and your friends and loved ones just to be honest and 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 just upfront about right. uh, what you feel about things well, and you think about it when somebody says, are you mad? And you're doing everything you can do to not be mad. How much better it is to say, yes, I am mad. First of all, it allows you to, to go ahead and finish the cycle. And it allows you to see what your values are, allows you to look inside and decide, you know, why am I mad? What's going on? And it allows the other person who probably already knows that you're mad, that you're angry, to trust you. You know, there's a lot of dishonesty that we carry around whenever we are, you know, angry. We don't want to show it. Well, as a codependency coach, I think, you know, uh, for, 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 uh, from coaches, it's easy to say, it's like, well, you know, just communicate that or whatever. But I think if you're a codependent, especially, or look, I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you something too, with early recovery, this is big. So if you have a track record of always screwing up, if you're mm -hmm. the person in the family that is the drunk, the person who's right. And now that you're sober or whatever, a lot of times they want to put you into that box again. Sure do. Well, you're always, but yet you've changed, right? So I think the thing is, is sometimes when people will frame you like that, because it's just a dysfunctional situation. And this right. happens a lot in the workplace too. They decide this is who you're going to be. This is the role you're going to play. And if you don't play that role, and I think being angry about it, just saying, you know, it's, yeah, I'm angry about it because these comments came in. I don't really think that they're fair and it's not who I'm at I'm now. It's not what I'm doing today. Right. Like, right. So I think this is just so dovetails into the whole codependency thing. It sure does. And I, being the identified patient of the family is absolutely helping them to distract from what they're doing. And this number 13, um, 
anger covers painful feelings. What, what I believe is that it's allowing us when we are really hurt, anger kind of can protect us for a few minutes so that we can get to the place where we say what we need to say. And that, you know, again, think of it as you will, but until you really pull apart, anger is the gateway. It's the way to move through that. And it's the way to maybe take a break for a few minutes and be angry about something rather than breaking down. Look at the, you know, if, if uh, an animal came after you and was going to hurt you, you wouldn't want to be, you know, feeling sad at that moment. What you'd want to feel is being angry so that it can protect you. And that's just a natural physiological response. And so, I speaking to the people that are so afraid of being angry to recognize that this is one of the things that happens to us. We get angry and then allow us to get to a safe place or a safe person and go ahead and go after the other feelings. Well, yeah, because this is all, you know, addiction at its core. What I have found is that addiction at its core where it really takes off and really goes is when you're unable to identify what feelings that you're having. Sure. But they're so big, you just have to blot out. Now, this is for gambling, eating disorders, uh, codependency, alcoholism, drug addiction. Absolutely. Really kind of any kind of addiction, really, when you break it down, it's just like this unacceptable, it's unacceptable to be feeling what I'm feeling right now. And right. this is the beautiful thing. You know, I, I can't remember where we did. Uh, I think maybe it was actually recovered life discussion, Christina, where we were talking about the emotions wheel. And I know you posted it on your- yes on recovered life, which is really identifying what feeling am I feeling? Because like you said, I, I guarantee you there's a lot of people and you've worked with people that you you know, they are just angry. Yes. They're pissed off. And then when you say, Hey, I'm getting a sense that you're angry. They look shocked because they don't even really understand what anger is because they used to drink it away or drug it away or eat it away. It, or they're denying it. So that yes. is that is a big deal because we think we could protect ourselves by saying that we're not angry. We think that we'll be better people if we pretend to not be angry. But anger always comes. You know, it will it will show up in your life at one point. Um, anger pushes us to a deeper self. Anger can make a better person and that and force them to have a positive change. It provides insight on our faults and our shortcomings if looked at constructively. That's the most yeah. important part. And, you know, for people who have a 12 step background like me, you know, sometimes being angry at ourselves will allow us to really look further in something that motivates us. So I think that it's really helpful because people want to know when you're angry, what are you angry about? What's happening? Yes. Yes. And I think, I think this is, this is, we're really getting to the solution of it all. You know, this, this good therapy article was not written specifically for addiction in mind, but it doesn't matter because no. I think what we could do is we could put that addiction and recovery filter on it, right? Sure. And look at it. It's just like, and this is the one thing that I really have learned through recovery. It's like you can explore, uh, you know, and we talk about this a lot on the show, Christina, these dualities of feelings. It's right. like, and be able to hold them in your mind in a place of neutrality and just right. look at them. It's like, well, these people always say that I'm angry. Is there any truth to that? And and sure. that's what I love about, you know, that's where I've seen the most personal growth is that I've asked people. It's like, hey, a lot of people, a lot of people are, or somebody mentioned this to me. Is this true? 
Right. Do you see this in me? Right. But to be able to get to the point where you can actually listen to that response back, it, it, it takes some recovery. It does. It does. And, you know, I love sometimes the the simplification of children, but children till they're about nine or 10 really don't have the ability to hold two emotions at one time. And it's actually a sign that we are looking at ourselves deeper, that we're being more honest and that we can improve when we're yeah, able well, to Yeah, well, people want to know. People have asked me a lot. They go, well, how do you know that you're really getting emotional sobriety? And I say, well, you know what? Things that used to anger you, things that used to whatever, you don't just go to it or you go to it and there's a pause. And right. then you can kind of see it as a catalog in your mind. It could be this. It could be that. Yep. Um, am I open? Am I willing to say, well, maybe I do have a, a portion, a part in this, right? And so and I think, or maybe I don't, you know, and that's the, that's the great thing too, because I've realized there was a lot of things that I felt that I had a, a part in. You know, we talk about this in the fifth step yes. of, of, 12, of 12 step is that a lot of things I've thought that I really had a huge active role in. Mm -hmm. Really, the role was that I was just there. Well, I didn't really have an active role in a lot of it. So true. And, you know, I think ACOA, Adult Children of Alcoholics and Dysfunctional Families, really dives into it because what ACOA uh, speaks about is that character defect. Not only do we want to have them removed, they also have an entire section where they need to be integrated as well. And yeah. that is so powerful. And I always recommend people go do this. Now, when we get to 16... You, uh, 15, no, 15. You so sorry. Yeah. So for self-improvement, I think that one's pretty self-explanatory when you look at it, because obviously we don't want to stay angry. It's not a fun emotion and this can allow yeah. us to open up and work on some things that we need to improve on. Yeah. And then the yeah. final one of this good therapy uh, article that was written in 2017 that we're breaking down uh, in uh, 2022. And this just, just to give credit, this is from uh, Moshi Ratson, MBA, MS, M LMFT, uh, a good therapy topics expert. Uh, we're talking about this and we've gone through the value of anger. Now we're on the last one, Christina. And do you want to read this one? Sure. Feeling anger enhances emotional intelligence. And that is that nuance that we were just discussing. We, we actually develop it over lifetime. We develop the ability to actually have emotional intelligence and allowing yourself to say, I'm angry, but I'm okay. I'm angry, you know, and I understand that it had to happen. It allows us to become more intelligent about what's going on with us. Yes, absolutely. Emotional intelligence. I What I loved about this last one is it really brought it all into a bow, right? Mm -hmm. And I love this because if anybody's listening to this right now and you clicked on it and you're like, wow, you know what? I didn't really think uh, anger was that multidimensional. I just felt that I had a feeling I identified as anger. Other people identified as anger, which I think is more common. Other sure. people will identify it, I think, with, with alcoholics sooner than they'll identify it. Um, it's like, wow, that's anger. I, I thought it was just like, I felt it. I moved on. It's dangerous. Let's repress it. But I love that we did this, this, and I know it was a little tedious. We went through all the different points, but I think it's so good because anger plays such a huge role, especially in early recovery. You know, I remember, you know, the whole saying, Christina is how did, how did a nice guy like me get into a crappy place like this. Right. And that's anger, right? Like mm -hmm. and who hasn't said that? Who right. hasn't said that in early recovery? 
Right. We when we finally decide that we're going to try something different, anger plays a role in that. We are angry about the way our lives have turned out. We are angry that we're in this situation. And so what I was hoping to do with this, and I think we did it, is just explain that it's very layered. There's a lot of nuance in it. And we have to accept this part of ourselves in order to heal. And it actually benefits us. Christina, what's your big takeaway from this? Like, what what is what's the big thing that you took away about the value of anger in your recovery? Not to be so afraid of it. Yeah. Wow. That's Not, great. Yeah, me too. That's yeah. kind of what I got as well. Is that that you know what? It's okay if I'm angry sometimes. That anger right. anger is okay. It's mm -hmm. it, and and I'm not going to spin out of control and you know end up you know drunk. Right. That that I think that it's really good. You know, my my big takeaway from it is that it's it's actually good that I can identify what I'm angry about and what I'm not angry about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked at the beginning about the difference that anger shows up in, in gender. And I think that, you know, for me, a very healing part of my recovery was when I started allowing all of the feelings to come up and I started identifying them and say that, saying to myself, you are worthy, regardless if you have some of the quote unquote negative feelings, you are still worthy. Yes, you are worthy. And anybody who's listening to this now if you're listening to this and you are working on yourself, you are on the right path, no matter what your circumstances are in your life. Uh, Christina, I have to mention here, uh, before we end the episode, a way that people can support recovered life. Look, one of the easiest ways that you could do it is like, share, and follow. Mm -hmm. Also put a little comment in. You guys do not understand, you might not understand, I should say, the level of help that that gives us just with the algorithms, the way that YouTube and Facebook and Instagram are, or the podcast, just following the show so that we can notify you when new episodes come out. Also, if you want to help us out financially, you can definitely donate. If you got a lot from this, uh, this episode or other episodes or anything else that we do here on Recovered Life, all you have to do is go to info.recoveredlife.us. That's info.recoveredlife.us. Christina Dennis, episode Beautiful. 91, Monday, March 28th, in the can. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Everybody, have a really great day. We will see you on Wednesday, 8 a.m. Be there. <laughs> Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.